Hey, knaves, knights, and nobles alike. I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Podcast. Please, share us on Twitter, Facebook, social media things. (laughs) The tweets, as I like to call it. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. It's listeners like you that help listeners like you find this podcast. But also, this is a special episode because, in large part, it was edited by one of our fellow knights, Sir Delton Brack. This episode, edited by Sir Delton Brack. Known for his podcast, Malt House. So thank you so much, Sir Delton Brack, from taking time away from your own podcast to edit this one. I really appreciate the free time. You rock, man. the Tuesday Night Podcast. I'm Alan Gerding, and this is the podcast all about the stories we make while playing the games we love on around, even under the gaming table. I'm talking board games, tabletop games, if you will. And this is episode 119. With me, I have the hilarious as always, the person who always has a big part of my heart. I think the left ventricle part, Stephen Avery. Stephen Avery, that guy's a loser. That's right. We should end this thing right now. We're done. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. This episode is... No. Steven, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? It's so good to hear from you. Yes. Yes. It is good to hear from me because... I can hear you more (laughs) often if I listened on, listen to your podcast more frequently, right? I should just play... When's the last time you listened? Don't lie to me. Just give me the straight dope. Yo, when's the last time, time you listened? I don't even remember. Like a year, maybe? I don't know. Was it one of the episodes you were on? I, I haven't even had time to listen to that yet. I've been that oh, busy. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I have been. I have been busy. It's hard running from the law. <laughs> it is. You got to stay on the lam. You got to change your name all the time. Plus, exactly. you got to keep a business going of Stephen Avery. We got a couple things we're going to do today. You're going to tell me all about the Kickstarter that you have going on. I expect a sweet elevator pitch from you, sir. But we're also going to talk about who you are, just as a refresher, and other things with which you're involved. You ready to get into this? Oh, good. Let's do it. I'm so. Right. I got my bottle of Hennessy right here, man. Ice cold. I'm drinking right from the flask. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Right, it's right here. Like I'm making little bottle sounds so you can hear it. Did you hear that? Steve, are you suggesting that I wouldn't believe you that you would have a bottle of Hennessy on you? You do realize I know you. Oh, that's a good point. At, at conventions, your voice is always gone, and you usually have a bottle in hand. Mm. So that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. But but I wanted to set the scene. I want to first of all, <laughs> let's before we get into all this stuff. This has got to be your best episode. Everybody knows that that one nineteen is the big number to shoot for. A lot of times, like, oh, it's our 50th, it's our 100th. No, man, it's 119. 119. This is it. We got to right. blow out the stops. Where's the party music? It, Come on, cue party music. Here it comes. Party music. Woo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or how about this one? How about this one? Oh, I like it. <laughs> I'm so yeah. glad you're on this show for episode 119. Mm. Yeah, it man. is the sexy episode. 
why? Because sexy Stephen Avery's here. That's why. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, it's the same thing with birthdays, right? You got your sweet 16. That's a big deal. I think even before that, age 10, welcome to the double digits. Then you have your 18th birthday, a legal adult in America. And then you have your 21st birthday, celebrate some drinking, yes. And then the other big birthday, 119. Exactly. Yes, you've made it to 119. That's where you combine all the other parties you've ever had exactly. into one. Yes. 911 is an emergency, right? But 119, that is a party. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I love it. All right. Who are you, sir? Pretend I don't even know you and I'm listening to this podcast and I don't even know that you've been on several episodes before this as a close friend of Alan Gerding. So who are you, sir? (laughs) I'm that guy you don't want to get stuck with at the convention. Oh, yeah. Lies. Lies. Quite the opposite, but keep going. I'm a gamer. I like playing games and hanging out with people. I'm a social butterfly. You really are a social butterfly. Yeah, I I can't think of anyone that doesn't like you. And almost as a personality test, if someone doesn't like Stephen Avery, what the hell is wrong with you? What what, the hell is wrong with you, man? Yeah, we're not suggesting you're perfect by any means. It's the imperfections that make me lovable. And I've got a lot of them. A ton. (laughs) (laughs) who doesn't though but why are you on a board gaming podcast besides just being a gamer i make games sometimes yeah you make games sometimes they don't suck more more often they do so what is your published lineup at this point man i've got three so far actually crossed the finish line which if you are if you're a game designer that's that's damn hard to do actually getting them to the shelf i don't count them until they're to the shelf right you gotta have to have on the shelf. Let's see. Metal Dawn was my last one, which is kind of a Terminator 2 kind of thing where you're trying to save Washington, D.C. from a big robot overmind. And so you run around fighting robots and repelling them. Uh, and that was finally, on Kickstarter, yeah? They just got the last bits of the files together. It's going to print right now. So I'm, I'm super excited. I can't wait to play the finished game. The publisher, Everything Epic Games, uh, Chris Bartalis. He pulled in uh, Senfu Lin for some development on the game to really nice. make it as yeah, make it as clean as and as awesome as it could be. So I'm pretty excited about that because he he did take off some of the rough spots. So I'm you know really excited to see how just the sandpaper to round out those corners that might have been rough. And you really like the development and where it's gone, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I'm an old school Ameritrash gamer, so a lot of my stuff is pretty clunky. And so he he just like you know what. You need to strip this out. Let's smooth this out. This is a more intuitive way to play the game. Just a couple of, a lot of small touches made for a really nice polished product. So I'm excited about it. This is when I think of Stephen Avery games, I usually think of people actively doing stuff around the gaming table. But I also think about the 80s board gaming style. It is very visual. It has pop. It has a personality in of itself. If the game is on the table, it will draw your attention into it, which is why I'm really excited about Loot and Shoot, which is currently on Kickstarter for a limited amount of time. I think at the time of the release of this episode, just one week remaining, but we're going to get to Loot and Shoot. So you talked about Metal Dawn. What else do you have out there, sir? The two published ones are uh, Nothing Personal, which I just got off the phone with Game Sloot yesterday, 
They're releasing a sleeker version of that game. Is yeah. it an updated, updated rules, updated, or is it just visual more pop? Because it already looks beautiful. Great art on that. And you did that with Tom Vassell of the Dice Tower. That's right. Uh, but the market right now, it wants um, faster games. You know, they don't really want a game that's going to last over an hour. So we looked at different ways to streamline that game and uh, really make the gameplay smoother. I'm hoping that... What's it going to be called? Nothing Personal 2nd Edition or Nothing Personal Sleek? This time, more Avery than Vassal. What is it going to be called? <laughs> Vaseline-less? Vassalus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. But this is a full-fledged 2nd Edition where put some pretty big changes in there just to make the gameplay go a little faster. This is the official 2nd Edition. But this is going to be 2.0. But you don't know. They could name it whatever. I, I think it will be nothing personal 2.0 is what I'm, was I'm guessing. Gotcha. So and then but you game... have yet to mention the third game, which I think a lot of people go the craziest for at this time. Really? I know that SBJ, so? he loves this game. I love this game. When it hits the table, people seem to really love it. What is the game? It is ta-da. Ta-da, the crazy dice game. And the thing is, yes. I like Ta-da because it really, I feel like out of all the games, that captures my personality the most. Exactly. It's just silly, exactly. frantic, crazy, fast dice rolling with stupid stunts on top. Can't go wrong with stupid yep. stunts. I would <laughs> love to release like an unofficial expansion to that. I don't know how Simon would take that. I don't think it's something that they want to put money into, but I would love to just put out, you know, more ideas and more cards and that kind of stuff just to see what, what people thought. Yeah. Maybe take it to a show, ask people if they want it. I don't know what your plans are, but I know I'd like some of those cards. Woo. Well, out of crazy players, you're you're top of my list, Alan. I would totally play with that with you anytime. Nice. Anytime I find myself in the Atlanta area, you best believe that I'm going to visit old Stephen Avery so we can just do nothing but play games. And that's pretty much what we do. We eat a little bit. We talk a little bit, but we game a lot. I don't have to fight over you for uh, for attention now. Lindsay's moved on. She's no longer an Atlantean. No, yes. She's now a Michiganian. She's still <laughs> Michiganian. here in my heart. She's still here in my heart. Alan come down and he would be like the prize we'd both be fighting over. It was pretty amazing. The Thunderdome seeing you and Lindsay fight it out. It's <laughs> I'm pretty... so tired of her kicking my ass. It's so that's just, <laughs> she's so tough. She's... Well, she doesn't have any kids, so you have to work around the whole family, but she does not. I think it's so a that Philly was a big upbringing. advantage. Yes. She's just mean. Speaking of Lindsay. She revealed on this podcast, the Tuesday Night Podcast, that the two of you are working on an edition of Countdown together. So like Countdown by Lindsay Road, Stephen Avery edition. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, she. you know what? I thought she came up with a really clever idea, and I really like where she was going with that. When like, someone's got a great idea, it's pretty easy to ride that bandwagon, right? You know, you're just like, hey, right. you're doing something great. I'm going to go along for the ride. We should have you make a couple cards for Two Rooms and a Boom for some designer expansion. Oh my goodness, I just thought of that. I think we should totally do it. We go around to all of our designer friends, Stephen, and we have them design some type of character in Two Rooms and a Boom. That'd and then we just so sell cool. a mini character expansion pack from all of our designers. Yeah. I think that's a great Man. idea. I mean, it's so much fun to collaborate with people and come up with ideas. 
your character pack, your character cards could just be stolen from Tada, and people while they play have to do some of the Tada things. I love it. <laughs> Give me one thing that people have to do while playing Tada. Oh, I, I love the T-Rex arms where their arms are like stuck to their body and they have to like, they basically, <laughs> they can't move their, 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 their arms because it's stuck to their body and they're trying to pick up the dice and stuff them in the cup and, you know, it's all a little crazy. Or like when their head gets stuck to the table, that's fun too. <laughs> yeah, I had that one. It's so good. All right, Stephen, I'm excited. Thank you so much for the good idea, but we should go in to the main part of this episode so you can pimp your current Kickstarter loot and shoot or as sean and i will always call it rubber banditos yes well that's an interesting story you you know part of the backstory to that but i will fill in everybody simon was really interested in that game and they they actually picked it up they they bought it outright they got so many games so quickly that they had to chop a bunch of them off the chopping block and i remember eric lane coming up to me and saying look we will never be able to publish this game. It's, it's just like we're publicly traded now. There's too much liability. This game's not gonna make because it comes with rubber band guns. It does. <laughs> it does. It's, yeah. It's I know so... we wanted to publish it too, but we thought the same thing. I don't even know how we even start looking into the liability of selling a game with rubber band guns. Yeah. So I I, I know, and I didn't think I thought it was pretty much a done a dead deal, and then. Um, Mark Sands from Vile Genius came up to me and he said, look, I, you know, I love that game. That's a cool idea. And I said, well, I, I wish I could sell that to you, but I can't because I've already sold that game. I tried to get it back from CMON, but they're like, no, nah, they wouldn't release it. So yeah, we paid for it. So we haven't. So yeah. We're so, at the very least, going to sit on it. Exactly. So I, and I went back in. I was like, wait, OK, what can I do? I'm going to go ahead and, and change some of these mechanics in the game. And so the core of the game, if you've not played or seen it, you're sending goblins out to pick up treasure from the game board. And the game board's got all these silhouette terrain, like terrain silhouettes. And you try to get your goblin out there and back before he's gunned down from other players' rubber band gunfire. In the old game, it was kind of an action card kind of thing where you would, you know, trying to time it right, where you're trying to get your guy out there and back. Uh, and the so, original theme wasn't goblins either. So. No, no. The original theme was um, Western. It was called Rubber Banditos. And, oh, such yeah, a good name. It was such a good name. <laughs> but uh, so in this one, uh, Mark had another game called Loot and Recruit. And he's like, oh, I'd love to do a play on words since we already have Loot and Recruit. How about Loot and Shoot? So I said, well, okay. I'm not sure if I can do something, but I'll, I'll look at it. So I went back in and changed it from an action card driven game to kind of a dice game, the same basis of the game is there where you're sending guys out and you're shooting them. That's the fun part, right? The whole yeah, absolutely. The gun. Yeah. Take aim, shoot, pew, 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 right. across the table. Yeah, absolutely. It's a little and, shooting gallery. Totally, totally. And I and I actually kind of glad that I reworked their mechanics because I was able to get even more shooting in and even less maintenance in like now it is streamlined it even more, just like you were talking about at the beginning of this episode. Getting rid of the clunk, smoothing out the edges with that sandpaper. Right. Well, I mean, and you know, right now, our market right now, there's so many games out there that people can be more critical of what they're picking up because if it doesn't deliver a good experience almost right off the bat, they're just onto the next game. You've got to really start taking a good look at your game designs with a hard eye and say, okay, what can I do to make the most optimal play experience possible? 
the focus of my game design over the last year or so has been what can I do to make this as quick and as clear as possible? Not my strong suit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm working hard on, on fixing that, right? But I mean, our market right now, we've got so many people picking up so many games. So hopefully when people actually play this game, there really is nothing else on the market like it right now where you've got, it's a dexterity game, but it's a dexterity game where you're shooting guns, right? Yeah, it comes with rubber band guns. I'm sold already. Rubber band guns. I can just buy the damn game and then shoot people in the eye with it without even ever playing the game. And it's already worth its weight in gold right there. (laughs) But it's so much more than that because it has all this beautiful scenery for obstacles. So you can hide your goblin behind a tree or around the corner. It's all about taking cover virtually with your little stand up characters. It's one of those things. When we were at Origins, I remember the first time you showed it to us at Origins, and you didn't call it Rubber Banditos at that time. What did you call it? It was something else. What was the very first oh, name? Um, before Rubber Band Guns, it was Dart Gun Desperados. Dart Gun Desperados. It was in a, one of the ballrooms upstairs. Huge crowd gather around because it's so visually appealing and people are playing. And you came to Sean and myself and said, you haven't played Dart Gun Desperados yet? Well, we use rubber band guns now. And man, we fell in love with it so much. Everyone did. Everyone just wanted to play that damn game because it just sucks you in like some type of whirlpool. <laughs> Anyways, I'm rambling. So anyway. I'm glad, I'm glad you're not overselling the experience. You, you nailed it. It was it's so fun. It's so fun. Of course, here's the hardest thing. It's so hard not just to purposely miss and shoot Sean in the face. Oh, totally. But that's why we were thinking like, we want to make this game so badly. But we don't even know where to start with the whole warning signs. I we didn't look. We we just we didn't look. So we just figured, ah. Oh. Anyway, well, of course go on, you sir. Already have was a championship, world championship Russian, Russian roulette. roulette yeah. which, you know, right there, you've already got a, a shooting game. Right, which really is a bluffing. Truth game. be told, we're trying to step away from gun games. We're like, all right, lesson learned. We're gonna avoid that. But absolutely horrible timing right now with the tragedy. When I saw you and your your game lineup, I was like, "Wow, that's pretty pretty ballsy." You've got two blowing up the boom. president, yeah, and exactly. Russian roulette. But the thing is, is I'm the kind of person I would never that would never even cross my mind to associate something like that with with an actual tragedy. You're being silly. You're having fun. You're doing stupid things, and that's not the same thing, you know. No, it isn't. It's one of those, I I hate to say the word privilege, but one of the privileges is having the freedom to do that and not having that raw experience so close to home that you can't escape associating things. Because that's the definition of post-traumatic stress disorder. Post-traumatic stress disorder has three symptoms to it. One is frequent recollection of a life-changing event, a lot of times life-threatening. That's why we think of veterans as having PTSD the most, because of life-threatening events. The other symptom is you try everything in your power not to think of that event because it's so upsetting, which is number three. Anytime you do think of that event, you have a hardcore, sympathetic response to it, a very bad emotional response to it. So it's one of those privileges, again, using that word, I think we don't see that content everywhere. We're not constantly reminded because as much as we care and we love and we grieve with everyone else, I don't know anyone personally that has been personally affected by it in their immediate family or friends. But anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to 
put the <laughs> storm cloud above. I'm the one that brought that up because it is on my mind. Because the thing is, is I like to keep things lighthearted and fun. And that's <laughs> yes, what I'm all about. Absolutely. And, but you can't just ignore these things either. The elephant in the room, if you will. Right, right? exactly. I think that's a good example of who you are, Stephen, is you're a great friend by definition. If you were a tool in a toolbox, you would be the fun tool that no matter what's going on, it's like, you know what? I just need a break. I just need a laugh. I just need to have a good time. Bring out the Stephen Avery. <laughs> I'm the tool, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but sir, we talked about it. I think people have pretty much figured out what it is already. I think our knaves, knights, and nobles listening to this episode probably have a pretty strong idea on what Loot and Shoot is, but I want you to spend at most a minute giving the heart and soul. Do you have a special character Uh, you like to do? Man, who am I going to do? I'm going to do... You can be uh, a goblin cowboy, something apropos for the theme. Sure. What would you like? I would be a goblin. A goblin. I'd be a Yoda-esque goblin, since I don't know what goblins actually sound like, right? Who does, right? <laughs> you have at most a minute to give us the soul of Luton Shoot. Are you ready, sir? Bring it on. Go, sir. Mmm, shoot goblins, you will. Game treasure. But mostly just shoot goblins. Lots. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. No, that was great. That was like a Goblin Yoda. Get treasure. Shoot. Lots. Done. Done. That's right. We're done. Get in. Run. But you said it uses dice now. So do you roll dice to move? How, what are the sides no, of the dice? So, Explain uh, the dice hap- for me specifically. What happens now is the, uh, each of the goblins has um, some sort of special ability that is activated when you place the goblin. Treasure cards are points, but the really low, low point ones also have special abilities on them. What happens is uh, you go out and you place a goblin, you activate its special ability, and it, and it might trigger something on a card, for instance. My special ability is I'm going to get an extra shot, but on this card, I'm also going to make Alan shoot with his gun upside down. Nice. Right. So That's um, ta-da stuff right in there, too. Yeah, That's it's, so, it is it's a little totally Stephen stuff. Avery. Yeah. Yes. So good. What are the different goblin types? Oh, let's see. We got a shaman that lets you um, look through the treasure deck and kind of preload the deck. You've got uh, a bombardier that kind of blows up areas. A gunner, I guess, that uh, he gets an extra shot. There's a goblin that lets you move other goblins out of position. <laughs> it's so strange, but you you have to be super careful with how you place your guys because you're trying to... They'll get shot. Yeah, they'll get shot. Exactly. You're trying to, to, to use a little teeny tiny piece of cover, but from, from multiple angles of gunfire, right? So you're like, oh, I'm going to turn them. Because it's four player and every person sits at a different site, right? Or on yes. your turn, can you go anywhere around the table that you want? No, except... you're, you're kind of locked into a little position on your table and you can't really... Got it. The player board, I think, is maybe six by eight and your gun has to stay within that area when you're shooting. When you place your guy, there's this weird kind of tactical thing. You're like, oh, if I turn him like 35 degrees and he's kind of behind this tree, then I think that he's got good cover from you. So one of the goblins moves you out of position. The goblins are constantly getting shot and wounded and brought back home. So another goblin heals them. One of the goblins is tough. He can stand back up when he's shot. I think that's all six regular goblins. And so now I'm kind of working on some promo ideas for maybe an additional goblin or two. 
right now, as the, as the campaign stands, we're about halfway funded. So it will either squeak right in or it will barely not make. But I, I'm feeling optimistic about it. I think it will barely make, honestly. Hey, I don't want to get you too excited there, Stephen, but this podcast has a reputation to move units. I don't know if it's the listeners, the knaves, and the knights, but when someone shows up on the show, they've reported to us big sales right after the episode's released. It's so. just you. It's just you, man. You just personal no. charisma. No, you, sir. No, you. No, I think you'll do great. I can't wait to get this in my hands because I wanted to leave with your copy. And that's one thing I think a lot of people don't know about you, Stephen, is that you're an elementary school art teacher, which is one of the best benefits of being your friend, because you'll call me or when I call you, you'll put me on speaker in front of your entire class and have them say, hi, Mr. Gerding. <laughs> that's right. Man, I got a great job. I'm not going to lie. It's, it is a lot of fun. And I, I take advantage of every minute of joy that I can. It is the best. It is the best working with young children and getting to see them make stuff and getting to see their ideas. You know, even if I, if I had an opportunity tomorrow to like walk away from teaching and to like just design games full time, I probably would not do that because it's just same, sir. Same for me and teaching my kids, but my kids aren't elementary school kids. My kids range from 16 years of age to 83, I think is my oldest student that I've had. Wow. That guy, that range there. pretty remedial. But the reason I bring it up is because playing a Stephen Avery prototype is an incredible thing because it looks like an art project, something that you wish your art teacher in school would have made you do. And that's what Rubber Banditos was. And that's the way Loot and Shoot looks right now because of the cardboard cutouts and how it's three dimensional and how your goblins are hiding behind terrain. Amazing. It's no wonder why it drew a crowd the first time I saw it at Origins. Oh, thanks, man. That's very kind of you to say. I don't yeah. know if you had a chance to see uh, Smash City, but but that got picked up by WizKids. And I hope I'm not jinxing myself because every time I talk about a game that's going to come out, it gets stalled out or kicked back. But it's this giant... Wait, wait, wait. With these wait, Steven, Steven. Is it about big monsters like Rampage or something? Yeah, totally. Kaiju? Yeah. Okay, so you, sir, are a citizen of Smash City that's seeing it get destroyed by a big monster. Go. Explain the game. <laughs> Smash City. Ah! I'm being attacked by giant foam dice <laughs> with monsters on them that are knocking us down. And they're throwing cars at each other, and every place is on fire, and Wait, shut up. Steven, Steven, Steven. Do you throw cards in this game? Cars. Oh, cars. Okay, sorry. Continue. And the whole thing is being destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's perfect. It's perfect. At first, I thought you said card throwing. One of the things you could do in the game, there's a bunch of tokens on the board that are like tanks and cars and trucks and stuff like that. So in addition to attacking each other, you're, you're basically, you're bowling giant foam dice into cardboard buildings. And when you Man. knock down a building, you get to take a power up card. But you also want to roll your dice into the other monsters because when you, that happens, then you attack them. And it's whatever face that comes up on the die. Like basically your die is the monster. 
but you got a player board. So one part zooms in on his claw, another part zooms in on his tail, right? So I do his tail smash. And each power has got like a different effect. But Here what, comes the Stephen Avery thing. What are some of the effects? Got to put your head on the table. What uh, is it? Now, um, this one, it's, it's actually all based on what the dice do. It's like, uh, I could pick up another die and toss it. Basically, I'm tossing another monster across the city. Or it's that kind of stuff. Right? Or like you pick up uh, the one of those tokens on the de- on the table or a bunch of cars and tanks. You can pick one up and literally fling it at the other monsters. And if you hit the dice, then they take damage. So, but it's 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 a bowling game. It's bowling for monsters. Bowling for monsters. I like that. Inevitably, this is going to get a comparison to Rampage, now known as Terror in Meeple City. What is the difference there? Because in Terror in Meeple City, it's a flicking game where you move a monster, but then you have to flick and there's buildings that are being held up by meeples. What's the difference here? It sounds like instead of just flicking something, you are actually going and throwing dice. The dice are giant monsters. It's very much like bowling because you're knocking down the buildings. Um, There is some similarities because they're both dexterity games. This one's a lot more, it's probably for a younger audience for one thing, right? Because, nice, you know, like five-year-olds play this game, but it's also a much faster game. If you've ever played Terror in Meeple City, you know, you move. Dude, dude, you just nailed my complaints about Terror in Meeple City. And also it hurts my fingers, not to sound like a total wimp, but I go, ow, when I'm playing Terror in Meeple City. And there's like four different dexterity things you do in, in Terra Meeple City, I think. Like one's a, yeah. like you blow, I think. And there's another one where you flick and there's one more. Uh, I can't even remember. I've only played it maybe once or twice. I enjoyed it, but I was like, it's just a little too slow for what I want to do with the monsters, you know? Right. And you already said in this episode, it's really important to grab people right away as quick as you can. And I think that's what has a Stephen Avery feel to it as well, is how quickly you can get in, enjoy it and have a memorable experience. (laughs) It feels like you're playing with toys. That's the easiest way I can explain Stephen Avery. Now, that doesn't really apply to nothing personal, but it definitely applies to <laughs> loot and shoot oh, and yeah. to die. You feel like you're playing with toys. There's a for whole sure. side of me which, like, I can't get enough toys, basically, is what it comes down to. And actually, <laughs> weirdly enough, I was playing, uh, like, like I showed this game to Zab. He's like, nah, I don't think so, right? And so I was like, okay, no problem. So then I set it up. I'm playing with some friends, and we're all having a good time. We're like, ah, you know, <laughs> being stupid, throwing the dice. Basically, you want to throw it hard enough to knock a bunch of stuff down, but not so hard that it, it goes out of the play area because it's bad and you end up getting penalized for it. And so we're all having a good time playing and he comes over. He's like, what, 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 you know, maybe, maybe I will take a look at this. And then after he played, he literally played like one round. He's like, okay, yeah, we're going to, we'll sign this. So I was like, nice. yeah, I was like, great. <laughs> uh, but I can see why you'd be skeptical because it looks like a complete toy and it doesn't look like there's a whole lot to it. And frankly, I think that's what's going on with Kickstarter right now, too. Like, I thought that uh, Loot and Shoot would make a much bigger splash, but it looks like a toy and you don't see the game part of it. You only see the toy part of it. It's easy enough to do because, I mean, it is a giant toy, right? But there is a game to it. But I mean, the the toy shines through. And I think that's why people it's not resonating with people because it's like, oh, I don't want to pay thirty nine dollars for a toy. 
I want, I'll pay $39 for a board game. That's totally different. <laughs> you know, oh, wait, it's Haba? It's Haba. I'll play 60. It's Haba. <laughs> so. I know I'm biased. I know I'm your friend, but $39 for Loot and Shoot is a steal considering how much fun we had. Seriously, if you just think about it as $10 per rubber band gun with a whole bunch of targets that come with it to play with, I'm already a bit on board, but taking into consideration that it is a fully functional board game too, where you strategically have important decisions to make, 39, 40, that's a steal, man. So yeah. again, oh, there's so I'm much sold. more stuff I could do with this too if if it took off. So we've already started making some new terrain pieces and stuff like that. But really, if it does well in the market and people like it kind of after the Kickstarter. There's a whole bunch of stuff we can do to alternate. Spice game. it up. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I've already been thinking of some a lot of fun stuff that could be added to the game. The more you're in this industry, the more people will get to know you, the more your true colors will show. And I think that's why as time goes on, we're going to get more and more Steve Avery games and your uh, friend list is only going to grow and grow and grow, sir. <laughs> There's some more smoke up your ass, but I mean it sincerely. Some sincere smoke. <laughs> Very nice. Well, listen, I want to know what's going on with you these days. I mean, you that was very generous to bring me on the show and let me talk about myself until people are like literally puking. But I want to I want to know what's going on with you. What's happening, man? Let's 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 all heart to heart. Yeah, that's a really good point. If you want to know more about me, you should follow me on Facebook and Twitter. My name's Alan Gerding, A-L-A-N-G-E-R-Ding. But better yet, you should get to know this podcast. We're on Twitter, at PlayTKG. But the best thing you can do, please send us in your comments, questions, whatever it is. Or, ideally, you're sending in your Nave Tonight submission audio so we can share your audio here on this podcast. Email us, podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com. Where can everyone find you, Stephen? Uh, you know what? These days, I spend a lot of time on Facebook. Because you're an old man, sir. Apparently, Facebook is where all the old people go. Is that, is that right? <laughs> That's where I'm at. Yeah, I'm, I'm too, there too. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not cool enough for Snapchat. It's so embarrassing. I tried Snapchat one time. I just couldn't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Steve Avery at gmail.com. If you want to ask me questions, how do we spell your name? Is it with a P H E N? How do we? Well, my real name is P H E N, but I, I just go with Steve Avery. It sounds easier, right? So Steve Avery Games. I was actually going to bring up how we first met, but maybe we should save that for another episode. Oh man, that sounds like a good story. We should definitely save that for another episode. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to see how much loot and shoot funds. I'm more excited to get in my hands and I'm really excited for you to come back on the show and tell the story of how you and I met. That's a good story. All right. I think with that being said, Stephen, this episode is... Biggest! 